Right, hello everybody and welcome to the Late Flag, the aftermath show of the LFC Red Poets podcast. Tonight I'm joined as normal by Tom Keegan and Pete War- Warburton, my partners in crime. And I'm also joined tonight by Frank Sharps and Mike Wilson to look back on Liverpool's magnificent 2-1 victory away at Newcastle. So where do I start? I think we'll start with Pete. So come on, Pete, give us your... You can open the button, so give us your views on what you just witnessed in, in those nearly 100 minutes that we just saw. I think it was just like a wide range of emotions from despair to... I went up to my lads to watch the match and me and him were dancing around the living room and it was sort of tempered a bit when we thought uh, Nunes might have been offside for the second, but when we saw the replay, it was great. It was just, there was there was all emotions, really. I mean, I thought Trent's... <laughs> these bookings that he seems to give in, it, yeah, he threw the ball away, but he threw it back onto the pitch. It was a foul anyway by Gordon. How, how, how it wasn't given as a foul in favour of Liverpool, I don't know. And I think the frustration boiled over with, with Trent. And then he was probably, well, I say a bit lucky, but, I mean, Gordon, once again, bought the, the shoulder barge and went down. And one thing I did notice, the Newcastle bench to a man were up on the feast and they weren't waving imaginary cars, but they were really in the fourth official's ear. And I noticed on a replay as well since that when... um. When Trent got fouled by Gordon, our, our bench was static. It just didn't move. And you just wonder where these new rules come in. If it's one, you know, rules for one and rules for another anyway, that's by the by. But me and my lad were saying, we've got to get Trent off here because he can't make a tackle now. If he just missed times one tackle, you know, we're down to 10 men. Then we had Van Dyke going off. Now, I know there's been a bit of difference of opinion. I've, I thought he was unlucky to to get sent off, to be honest. I mean, yeah, some people have said he's come through the back of Isaac, but he made the most of it, and he did. I thought he won the ball, um, but I thought the yellow would have been sufficient there, to be honest, because I don't think he was in full control of the ball, Isaac, and it would have ran through to, to Alisson. But then we're down to 10 men, and really, we're down to nine men when you think Trent can't throw a tackle in. And we, as long as the game went on, me and my lad were saying, he's, he's surely got to make it, you know, make a decision on Trent because one bad tackle were down to nine. We we were effectively defensively down to nine men, and I, I know he was supplementing the attack Trent. But then I think the longer the game went on, and we I wouldn't say we hung on, but the longer the game went on at one nil, and we sort of kept them at arm's length. I know they hit the post in the Newcastle, uh, and there was that fantastic save by Ali in the first half. But the longer the game went one nil up, you just got a you just got a feeling we were going to create something, and then they bring Captain Chaos on, and the whole bloody thing tips upside down. And you know, I was I was the two goals that Nunes scored. Um, we were talking before we came on there that they couldn't have gone in any other spot on that goal frame without it being not being a goal. He was right in the corner on both occasions. And I'm absolutely made up for him because he's he's taken some flack at times. And I think I said on the previous programme this week, our, our preview programme, he's had a decent pre-season, Darwin Nunes. And to come on, on the pitch after 77 minutes and then win the game for us as he did, fantastic. So wide range of emotions from the lows to, to the highs. I was quite happy driving home from my lads tonight. Frank? Go on, you can you can go next. And so, what did you make? Well, first of all, what did you make at the at the red card? Was it a red for you? It was a yellow oh. for me all day. 
Go on, definitely Brad. not a red for me. I I just didn't see it as a red. I mean, I know we're all biased, but uh, to me it was. I thought the um, Isaac had gone past the ball, and Van Dyke put his foot through the gap in his legs. All right, yeah, he, he took him, and as Pete said, probably a yellow would have been about right. But uh, we're not getting the rub of the green with these days, are we, with the referees? Now, no, now, well, now whether we'll get that overturned or not, I don't know. Um, <laughs> don't know he, 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 he did give he did give the referee some abuse, and then he gave the fourth official some abuse, and uh, maybe that'll count against us. And if we do go for it, they might even give him an, an extra game ban. We won't yeah. feel that. I don't think we'll we won't feel it. No. no, I don't think. I don't think we. I don't think we get win two on the bounce. I think you've just got to suck it and see. I think and hope that you know that they don't increase the ban from one to two games because of the abuse he gives the referee and the fourth official. So you know, I just, I just keep stum if I was if I was Liverpool and although I didn't I think, think so. it was a ref, I think it just take it on the chin. So what did you think then of the rest of the performance, Frank? As I think all of us, were, I, I dreaded the first. After Van Dyke went off, I was, uh, I don't know, whole range of emotions, as Pete said. We hung on, we hung on, and we never give up. Now, when Captain Chaos came on, anything can happen, can't it? And he scored two blinding goals, so I was chuffed to death for the lad. Um, possibly could have had a third late on, as we, we talked before you came on air with uh, Jota, could have played him in, but. I know, happy, happy as hell with with the performance. As I said to Pete before coming on air, that when we scored the first goal, I think I screamed that loud. My wife, who was in the office that I'm sat in now upstairs, came down to see what was wrong. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, know, I thought it was brilliant in the end. Thoroughly deserved in the end, I thought. Tom, what, what, yeah. what, was, what was your views, mate? Um, do you know what it was a it was a funny game. We, we started. I, I thought what Mike had tweeted out earlier. I thought had a lot of relevance. I think it started off with a push on on, on Trent, which was a foul. Really, I thought I would have thought by any other in any other in any other season that probably would have been a foul on Trent. But the referee then Trent reacted, which under the new rules he was going he was going to be booked for that right away. So. From that from that moment, the referee made the mistake with the first one, and then I, I think Trent sort of sort of went in on himself afterwards. He he was lucky to be honest. He was lucky to get away with the second one. I thought Gordon went down easy, but he, another referee would on, on another day would have given a second yellow for that. And, and you know, so I suppose from that point of view, so he you was, sounded he, like Eddie out there, Tom. No, it didn't. So I was, I was being, I'm, I'm being, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to, you know what? I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be objective. I'm, I'm fair, looking at it from, from, from what. On another day, on another with another referee, that he, he could have got, he could have got a second yellow for that, Les. But, and then he, his concentration seemed to go. Then I thought the, the way he let the ball go under his foot, and then from that, you know, straight away, straight after that. The, the the Van Dyke situation. I, I thought Van Dyke won the ball. Like Frank said, I think he come in from the side. He put his foot in between between I, I six legs. He won the ball, but he took the man. So like 
that's what everyone's saying. I, I think if you're going to start giving red cards for tackles like that, then I think it, you're gonna you're gonna be sending off an awful lot of players to on the season because I, I didn't think it was I didn't think it warranted a yellow a, a red card to be honest. But again, the same sort of thing. The player goes down like he's been killed, you know, like so. And that's what and that's when Van, I think that's what made Van Dyke angry, wasn't it? Because he's telling him to get up because mm. he'd won the ball. But I thought from then on, a brilliant save by Ali, fantastic save as a, a, a as I said before, the season defining moments. Then, then beside your saves, you don't see them very often. But he's such a brilliant keeper. And then, funny enough, I think Newcastle went in on themselves. Apart from, I don't think we went under that we weren't hanging on where they put men, loads of men into the box and hammering at our door like we were. They had lots of the ball, but really they didn't create a, ch- a lot of chances. I think I think I'm going to hit the post in the later on with a brilliant run. And Gordon had a shot from distance, which Ali saved. But but when I thought the, I thought I thought their substitutions were poor, and I thought our substitutions were good. I think I was a bit gutted Diaz got took off, but then again, who else could you have took off? But um, I, I thought I thought Harvey Elliott done well when he come on. He, he put himself about. I thought Gomez played really well. For in the position, I think he he reacted. I was a bit nervous about Joe coming on, but he done he done well overall. So I was quite really quite pleased. And Darwin Nunes and Jose, I thought Darwin was sensational. Someone said to me not so long ago, or I can't remember on one of the pods, said he lacks composure. Nunes, he's going to find it a hard season this season when he's got too much time on his hands. He, do, he, he doesn't show composure. He showed plenty of composure today with like a rush-like finish. And the second goal was sublime. You know, like, and I, I think I think we're going to see that, an awful lot of that this season, Les. I think he's scored a lot of goals, this lad, this season. Yeah. Mike, Mike, so going on from what Tom said, the Ian Rutt-type finishes from, from Captain Chaos and... Um, yeah, we talked about it. He's speaking like Eddie out. Sent you the got a, a second yellow. And, no, I uh, didn't say that, Les. <laughs> only joking, Sam. Only joking, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, come, so come on, Mike. Give, give us your version of events. I think uh, I, I never like to quote Gary Neville, but I'll quote twice what he said. He said very early on, particularly when he was talking about when he didn't give the second yellow, that the game was too big for him, for the ref. Mm-hmm. And he also said that Newcastle fans were breaking, Newcastle players were breaking up lots of attacks with fouls and mm-hmm. he hadn't spotted it. Um, and I think that's that, that that's true. I, I, as Tom said, the, the whole of the first bit with, with, with Trent and Gordon all started from a really rank bad decision not to give a free kick. Wasn't a wasn't a booking for Gordon or anything like that. If he gives that free kick, then the place is calm. There's no yellow card for uh, for Trent, and you know the whole game changes. Trent's then wound up and gets into that that second situation. He's also his head had gone a bit and, and probably influenced the, them scoring the goal. 
I'm, I'm, you know, in terms of the red card, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. You kind of see that he, he did, he didn't go through him to get the ball. For look at one angle, it looks like he totally cleared, played the ball comfortably. These days, if, if I mean, the, I don't know if you saw Jamie Carragher afterwards. The issue was he was he, he just was a bit slow in getting ahead of him. When a player cuts in, he's going to play that through ball. So Virgil's got to get round and get get um, to cover it. But I think from the point where, certainly in the first half, from the point where we uh, went down to 10 men, for the last 15 minutes, we were comfortably the better team. We, we'd worked down to play. We were playing it around. Yeah, we didn't create a, a, a lot, but there were situations where Mo curled one in, and if he, you know... If he went straight to the keeper, but on another day, he might go in the back post comfortably. And then the second half, we kind of sat back a little bit, soaked up. I call it really professional. I thought we were really professional in the way that we played. And and I, and again, I think Tom Tom we're right. Every single sub was a game changer. You know, Jota did really well. Joe Gomez. Can't have been far off man of the match for me. I thought he was just quite fantastic. Harvey, like he did against against um, uh, Chelsea, came on and just kind of stepped it up a little bit. So Bosley is just going to be if we get a game, if we get him to play in games where we play with eleven men, he's <laughs> going to be he's going to be quite a player. And then, and then when he get when when Darwin scores the the, the the equaliser, I'm sitting for the last kind of ten minutes with my fingers crossed, hoping we get a draw. And I, if we'd come out of that game with a draw, I'd have been buzzing. But to come out of that game with a win, it's just phenomenal. It's 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 an unbelievable result. We're on seven points. Newcastle is still on three. You know, fantastic. Yeah. Just buzzing, buzzing. Right. I've got I've got a confession to make everybody, and you can all Tommy. You it's your you can give me stick for the change in a minute when I when I tell you what I'm going to say now. But I'm oh, going to be honest. Ian, they were on the podcast, right? When the when the board went up for the six minutes, I had to go out for a walk because I was not happy with the points, the way they played, and I just thought they deserve they deserved that point. You know what I mean? They actually deserve to win the game, but I just couldn't see us getting another chance. So I thought, I'm just going to go out for a little walk. And I timed on me, on me, they put five minutes up and I went on for a walk and I was out for six and a half minutes. And I come back in and I just poked my head around the door and I see we were winning 2-1. So we had to write, we rewind it back to see what had happened. <laughs> but, but, um, but as I say, you know, I, still, I just, it just gave me the biggest buzz ever when I seen that, that, just sort of we gone two one up and then I watched the goal a couple of times and then fast forwarded to the end to see to see them all celebrating at the final whistle. But I just thought that after after the sending off and the team settled down, I thought every player who who was on the pitch and come on the pitch contributed. And as you've all said, I thought all the substitutes come on and they played the part. You know, young ones have come on. And, you know, did really, really well in a, a really difficult game for him in a hostile environment. You know, I think he's a really good player. I've watched him since he played in the under-18s. And one of the, the only the only thing I have about him, really, 
Is it just wonder whether he lacks a yard of pace? Um, but apart from that, I just thought he defended really well. He'd done what was asked of him. And I just hope that with Matip going off, it's not an injury he's picked up. Because I thought that was a bit of a, a strange substitution, if you like. Because I would have thought, as a few people have said, that maybe if he was going to bring Kwanzaa on, it would have been Trent that went off. Because mm. he, he couldn't tackle. So you would have thought, well, take Trent off, put Gomez at right back, and then move um, move Kwanzaa to centre-back a long time alongside Matip. So I just hope Matip hasn't picked up a little mm. bit of a knock. Because with Virgil suspended and Kwanzaa out of that air, and if we were to after the international break, yeah, we'd we'd ultimately be be short at centre back. But yeah, absolutely buzzing with that with that win. And let's hope that you know that, that when we look back, you know, that's that's the that's the win that gives us the momentum for the rest of the season. Only time will tell on that. But sometimes when you look back, there's a pivotal game that you sort of look back at and think, that was the one. If you remember a few years ago when we when we did actually win the league, it was the game away at Aston Villa when we were losing one nil, and um, we scored two in the last the last five minutes injury time. I think Mane got the winner, um, and Andy Robertson scored. But yeah, absolutely magnificent and buzzing about that performance. And um, Pete, what did you make of Hendo? What? Where? I know it was again. You know, as as somebody said before, I think it was Mike said before. You know, the you know, if we see Sabozliai when we've got eleven men, I think Endo must think, you know, they brought me here to play as a six, and I, I, every time I play, you know, we're, we're, we've only got ten men. So, what yeah. did you make of his performance, Pete? I thought I thought it was tidy in in the fact that, like you say, things went against us early doors. You know, with the with the with the the book in the trend, and then. He was culpable for the goal as he was against Bournemouth. To be honest, he's made a couple of mistakes like that where he's he's been caught in possession, and I thought he was quite tidy. But like you say, he probably, especially after after Van Dijk went off, he was certainly going to be more sort of ultra defensive. He wasn't going to you know make any foraging runs forward. But I think there is a player in there. You know, it's just like you say. Unfortunately, he's come on when we only had 10 men against Bournemouth and then he actually started today and ended up with 10 again. So he's always been in that position where it's been a bit, even though it wasn't a rear guard action against Bournemouth, you know, it's difficult at times. Although I thought in a perverse way, we actually played well with 10 men. It was a weird thing, you know. When I said to me, like, let's get to half time and regroup. And now Jack said, well, what are we going to regroup? You know, what are we going to do? And I said, yeah, going to work it out. And I, and I thought we were best the second half. We were well worth at least the draw. And I think it was just a bonus to get the win. But I think he, he had a tidy game. He wasn't anything spectacular. He, he, you know, he mopped up a bit and he tried to play the ball. I think there were times we overplayed it in certain areas. Um, I mean, I was spitting feathers sometimes when they were playing. I said, they're playing ticky-tacker in their own box in the second half. And, and there's times where... You just got to play percentages, and I was I was calling for Nunes to come on a, a bit earlier than he did, and I said just play the channels, you know, just just get the long ball and and needs must and play the channels and get him running on. And as it turned out, Jurgen was was right. He brought him on after seventy seven, rather than maybe I was thinking more like sixty five or something to you know to try and to try and just change things, you know. But yeah, the thoughts overall. He didn't have a bad game, Endo, and it's going to come with him, as you say. We're going to 
there's going to be days when we play with a full complement of players, you know. And just, <laughs> what did just you do? Sorry, just go off. Players. This is only the third game and you're going out for walks. And injury oh, time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for somebody. I was waiting for it to be Tommy, to be honest, Peter. I know, Jamie, when Jamie hears this, he'll be, he'll be texting me to give me stick. But I just, to be honest, as I say, I just thought that they'd give, they'd give everything and then to have sort of lost it sort of in the last sort of five or six minutes, you know, would have been such a kick, kick in the teeth, so to speak. And he just didn't deserve it. And as I said, they've been at the point where we were 1-1 and they've been absolutely delighted. Absolutely delighted mm. with the points. So to come walk back in and see we're winning 2-1, the feeling I got was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, like I was screaming like Frank when I come in, get in, get in. And like, you know, everybody must have thought we'd scored again next door. Like, you know what I mean? So... But yeah, so what did so, so stop giving myself stick? What did you think of Endo's performance, Frank? Neat and tidy. Um, looks as though we can see a pass. Don't know much about his his pace, uh, but in the in the position he is, as long as he covers across, I think he'd be all right for us. I mean, he, he's no young spring chicken, is he? Was no, he 30, that's thirty years of age. Yeah, so he's, he's going to play. Um, I tell you who did impress me though when he came, as we've said before about Harvey Elliott, <clears throat> when they brought um, when they took McAllister off, I think Harvey Elliott went and dropped back into the six, and he yeah. did really well there. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't want to put him there permanently, but I thought he did okay. But Endo battles, I think. I, th- I think I remember him losing the ball at least twice, but you can see a pass. Um, like, like the rest of us, I'd like to see him play with 11 players for 90 odd minutes, 100 minutes, and let's see what he does then. But I thought he did okay. Yeah. Did you did you agree with that, Mike? It didn't stick out, but no. then I didn't think, certainly in the first half, I didn't think we lost the midfield battle like we've done in the past. I think that they beat us, uh, that they scored, that they got most of their chances down the wings. Uh, and I and I think I, I I do remember him kind of playing one out around the left left back uh, place at one point, but I, I think there was a lot of nice neat football between him, McAllister, Savoslai, just sensible stuff. You know, the the very you know if you if you look at the kind of people like uh, you know look at the. the the sort of stuff Makalele used to do and people like that who've, who've never been, you know, extravagant footballers but are always really good in that. It's just get it, pass it, you know, in, intercept. There was plenty of that. And, and he's, he was, he played. He's probably played a full game now in, in two games, so 30 minutes and then 60 minutes a day. It's way too early to judge, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Tom, what did you think of Joel Matip today? You know, his first game of the season, Coming in under a little bit of pressure, you know, because you know a lot of people were saying that he didn't have his best of seasons last season, and they thought he'd struggle. You know, we thought he'd seen the best. And what did you make of him today, Tom? Yeah, I thought he, I thought he did really well. Les. I think he, him and him and Van Dyke started off really well. I thought him when when Van Dyke was sent off. I thought him and Joe Gomez got a partnership. I think, I think like you. 
I think it might have been that he's took him off to save him, to be honest. Yeah. Especially with, with Van Dijk. With Van Dijk being out, going to be out for three games because I think like like the rest of the lads, I don't think Liverpool will, will go to appeal this red card. I think so. I, I think they're probably looking at the fact if we're not going to bring anybody in, then we've got to save his legs, haven't you? You know, because you, you're going to be you're going to be sure for three games. But overall, I thought I thought Joel did did really well. Thought I thought Endo um. Um, he did. He done all right. I think he was. I think he was neat and tidy, and he was safe. And what's it called? I'm not sure about what I think. I think he lacks a yard of pace. But I, you know, like, I, to be brutally honest, I think he he will more or less. I, I can't see him being the first choice defensive midfield player for for the season. I think once Pachetic is fully fit and fully in, then I think it'll be Pachetic will be coming in, and he'll be. Sort of dovetailing with 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 Pachetic. but um, I thought other than that, you you can't. The pace of the game is going to be totally different, and so so he's going to have to learn and judge that. It would be unfair to sort of expect him to come in and play in the Premier League after playing in the German League for three, four, so many years, and expect him to adapt right away. So I, I think overall he was neat and tidy, and he done all right. I thought Joel was excellent. So, yeah. just picking but, up on what you said, will, will Virgil get a three-match ban? Is that deemed as um, one, one. one match? Yeah. I, thought, I, thought, I, I thought he was a red. He gave him a straight red. Yeah, yeah but, but, that, but it wasn't violent, was it? Can I just you read, only get can three just matches some... for violent conduct. Oh. Yeah, can I just read something out now? I don't know if it's applicable this season, but my lad sent me something. He's He's got it from a... I don't know. Someone sent it to him. Now, I don't know if it's applicable, but I said from this season, as I say, I don't know which season they're talking about, only intentional fouls in the penalty box on the player through on goal will be punished with a red card. If it is deemed that a genuine attempt is being made to play the ball, then the punishment will only be a yellow card. Now, I don't know if that's applicable to this season or they changed it back. Or whatever, I don't you know. think that's true. No, well, I don't know where they've got it from, but you know. Yeah, be interesting. As I say, it's probably true to all of the clubs, except if you yeah. if it's a Liverpool player or you're playing against Man United. And apart mm. from that, I think that might be the real Pete. You know what I mean? But you never know. Yeah, you never know. So, so what did you what did you make of Joe Gomez today, Frank? When he come I on, I, I, like the other lads, I was worried when he came on because he hasn't been the best for the last two or three seasons. That's why he was. Not far off man of the match today. I thought he did well. Physically, he coped. Although Newcastle didn't have too much in the way of physicality up front until um, Wilson came on. But now I think he did really well. And what did he... He had one header in from a corner. I mean, I've never seen him score. And he never has scored. Oh, no. it's, a bit, it's a bit like the, um, the old um, right back that we used to have, the crew lad. Rob Jones. I'd love to be there. I, I don't want to miss a game in case he scores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, Frank. I thought he had a, had a really good game when he come on. He looked, I thought that was the best he's played since since before he got injured in the, in the lockdown season, to be honest. Mike, what did you make of, what did you make of Gakpo? He sort of, he had to adapt, didn't he, from his, 
false nine to go and play, you know, you know, in a four four two really and go down the left. Um so did you think did what did you make of his performance? Do you think he did okay? Would you have took him off and left Diaz on or do you think he uh, got that about right? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he got everything right, didn't he, uh, uh, Jürgen, in terms of his substitutions. I don't think I, I'm in a position to second-guess him. Gakpo, uh, uh, again, he's another one who would benefit from being on, 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 in a team that, that, that actually has uh, the right people in and the right number of people in for any length of time. thought he started really well. Uh, before the sending off, uh, linking particularly well, nothing, nothing, nothing fantastic, but you know, linking pretty well. I think the first kind of five or six minutes, um, well, probably two or three minutes before, uh, uh, before the messy stuff with Trent, we we kind of bossed the game a little bit. Started really well, and he was he was instrumental. He just, he then had to go and do a job. I think he probably would have been. Uh, better in that position than Diaz would have been from a defensive perspective. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's one other thing, not, not on Gakpo, but we, we, we talked about Trent, whether we should have taken Trent off. And, and here's, a, here's an observation. I thought Trent in the second half was excellent because Trent is prone to diving in. And when he dives in, he kind of leaves us short. Because he couldn't, he shadowed his men. And so they got, a few, if he crosses over, nothing special. But he shadowed his man. And actually, in some occasions, he needs to let, he needs to defend like that a little bit more. Rather than trying always to get the early tackle in, where he ends up well out, you know, kind of selling himself a little bit. Um, so whilst I was the one, especially texting you guys saying um, his head's gone in the first half, I thought he settled <laughs> and did a really good job towards the end. And and yeah, again, Kwanzaa, I, I thought might have come on for uh, for him with Gomez going at right back, but I can't fault how how Trent dealt with that situation towards the end. He, he, he didn't go in for 50-50s and he shadowed Gordon to the point where all Gordon could do was come across the pitch and maybe try some long shots, but he didn't mm. didn't achieve much second half. He concentrated yeah. more second half, though, man. Yeah, he, he did. did. He, he, seemed to, he seemed to become more focused in the second half. Probably Jürgen's got into him at half-time and had a word with him and said, you know, like, what's gone is gone. There's no good looking back. You've got to look forward and we've got to dig deep and see what we can do in the second half. And so... And stay and on the probably, pitch. Yeah, and he probably played with the more maturity. Yeah. You think, you think having the captain's armband possibly helped him with that? You know, because when he got the captain's armband, that, that was the point where he seemed to settle down, didn't he? And sort of give a more, yeah. if you like, mature performance. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think probably there's a lot of truth to that, Les. Maybe I think overall, I think you know, like the longer it stayed at one, as the lads all said before, the the, the longer the game stayed at one nil, you felt like you know what? If you give you one chance here, we could we could get something out of this because, as I say, they were they, they were doing they had loads of the ball, but really. 
we weren't hanging on like you know against Chelsea the other week they were creating chance after chance weren't they but I think I didn't you didn't really get the feeling no. that they were doing that mm. you no, know that's so, right. I, mm-hmm. so I, I think Liverpool were happy the way and then it, he, he'd done that as I said before he'd done the strangest things he took off three of his best players yes yeah. you know like which I thought was was a crazy thing to do but Glad he done it, like, but mm. it just made it, it give it give us a little bit more space. I mean, I thought that Isaac was disappointing today. I mean, apart from apart from the the sort of getting Virgil sent off, I didn't think he was in the game at all. Didn't oh. I mean Gordon flattered to deceive? He took his goal well, but he 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 never really does anything else, you know. And Almiron's very much the same, full of pace, but. His decision making, and yeah, he had hard luck with that shot there at the post. But you never really expect him to sort of do anything. And again, I, I tell you, else for them, sort of again, what I know you you get a different sort of view of the game when you watch it on the telly. But I didn't think that Bruno was at what is best for them today. No, no he's no. a debate. Yeah, I don't know what you all think of that. Like, no, you probably it's probably right there, Les. I mean. To be honest, I was a little fearful when they did make the subs, only for the fact that Callum Wilson came on. And he yeah. can sometimes create something out of nothing, you know. Um, that Harvey Barnes, I've always liked him as a player at Leicester. And then he's gone up there and I thought maybe he could... I thought they'd put him on maybe to have another go at Trent down the our right, you know, to see if he could commit into that. But no, I mean, considering they, they were blowing all the, you know, going on pre-kick-off about Tenali and about Joe Linton. I mean, Joe Linton. How he never got booked, I don't know. I mean, the seven. Referee, yeah. Seven. Yeah. Seven fouls he made. The referee even went up to him at one stage as if to say, look, you're on your last chance. And then he he, he committed another foul. After, after the that. fourth. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I was a bit fearful. A kickoff thinking their midfield, you know, could, could tear some sort of thing. But no, I didn't really see anything in Guimaraes or I mean, Joe Linton was just going around kicking people, to be honest. Um, and that Tenali didn't didn't really do much, you know. I thought the funniest thing I saw from a Newcastle perspective was uh, Gordon kissing the badge. Yeah. And then, you know, there was a close-up of it. I mean, I won't tell you what I, sh- I shouted at the telly. It wasn't very complimentary. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I thought I, I love things like that happening. And then at the end of the day, they, they're getting taken down a peg or two. But I think that's Newcastle. I've got friends who are Newcastle fans and I've had a bit of banter with them after the match. But I think this, they've seen this influx of money and they're the richest club in the world, apparently, and this, that and the other. But I, I think they're starting to learn the dark arts a bit, Newcastle. You know, like you were saying about the way I think Gary Neville mentioned, uh, yeah, I think I Mike, Mike said they, they, they make the... They make these fouls like Rodri does, who, who fouls everything on the halfway line, just enough not to get a yellow, but just enough to break the play up. And I think Newcastle are starting to learn the dark arts as well. And we saw that at our place last season when they time wasted to hell, you know. And um, so I'm glad I'm glad we put one over on them in the end, just to just to stop them crowing a bit, you know. If that's a pun for a magpie, but there you go. <laughs> Mike, what did you make of Mo Salah's performance there? I thought there was a, a lot of pressure on Mo today because of all the the speculation coming out of Saudi Arabia since since Friday. You know, the, 
I don't know who we are playing today. I don't know whether there's a link between Saudi Arabia and the team we're playing today. They might have had a few reasons behind the speculation. You're being a bit <laughs> cynical there, Les. Ah, oh, me cynical, never, Michael. <laughs> um, so yeah, but what did you make of him? Because obviously, you know, if the eyes were on and weren't, you know, stories coming out that he was going, for, it was his last game, and he'd be having a medical within the next forty-eight hours. So, what did you make of his performance? Uh, very professional. Mm-hmm. Um, he Mo's not quite the Mo of three years ago, is he? Where you, you know he goes past the man um, every single time. He's not quite that player now, and and that's that's because he's what thirty one, thirty something like that. He's not going to be that quite that player, but. When we went down to ten men, and he went up front, and and he ran around like anything. He he he, he did all the work that he had to do. Um, there were occasions when I, I was shouting at him because he'd get the ball and he'd think he had more time than he than he did. But I mean, he, he still gets into positions. He still did. He was it the uh, was it the equaliser that he created, or was it yeah. winning the equaliser? Um, and and you know he's he's always there. I understand why he rarely gets taken off because you know he 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 is just the man to create something, um, and and often the man to score something. Was he brilliant? No, he wasn't brilliant, but he was he was effective. He was hardworking, and uh, he he still worried them quite a lot. Frank, I think that. The versatility that we've got amongst our forwards, I think, is unique amongst any team in the Premier League. And I, you know, I think because of that, we've we've always got a chance of winning football matches. And for that reason, you know, anything is possible for Liverpool this season, especially as the games start coming thick and fast. And the fact is, so far this season, all our forwards have now have now scored goals. Do you think that's that's an advantage that we've got over, say, all the other teams in the Premier League. I think it's a great advantage, yeah. And what did they say on Sky? I can't remember if it was Neville or the, or the uh, jury that if Newcastle have allowed how our front three, they yeah. announce a sight. So, yeah. as you say, the versatility. Uh, I was disappointed when they took Diaz off. Uh, whether they're taking Gakpo off, that was my original thought, and leave Diaz on. But, I mean, again, Jürgen got it dead right. But when we run at people and commit them, I think Diaz is out of this world doing that. Something that Mo used to do two or three seasons ago, as, as Mike just said, that w- he doesn't seem to do these days. All right, he's 31. Um, Jota, to me, I love him. Um, nothing spectacular. He's always there. Johnny in the box. He, he'll score. I thought he was unlucky today with one shot. But, again, I think we must be the envy of most clubs in the Premier League. Versatility, different types of uh, player who can do all sorts of things. I mean, when Salah came, played central towards the end of the game, worked his socks off, always a threat on goal. And then the through ball he put for, was it the first goal? Yeah. Yeah. Tom. Uh, yeah, yeah, as I say, you know, 
the versatility we've got is is very similar to when we had Owen, Fowler, Heskey and Lippmann. Um and you know you throw you throw young Ben Doke into the mix with his with his pace and it is it is mouth watering, isn't it, that the the options that they've got. You know, Incredible less you know, and they're so different, aren't they? Well every one of them is it, it is it has a different tool that we need, you know, you can, you've got Gapco who can drop in into the false nine. He's an intelligent footballer. He play, he can come from deep. He can, he can come out wide if he needs to go from wide. You, and then when he gets in, he gets the chances. He buries the chances. You've got Jota, who's an out and out finisher, comes in from, from the wing. You, you've got Mo, does, does exactly the same, gets his chances, scores. Diaz is a total wingman. But he looks so, so much of a goal threat. And Nunes now starting to look what we bought. So, and as you say, with young Ben Doak is, is, as you said the other week, he's, he's dynamite, isn't he? He's got everything to his game. So, we've, we've, we've got everything. We've got every type of player to. And when you've got that type of, but them type of, that type of forward line, you're always in the game, aren't you? I thought what, what the lad said earlier, I thought, you know, I thought McAllister and Sabozlai were absolutely brilliant today, looking for each other, backing each other up, working, you know, with each other. And I, 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 you can see the quality in them, the, the better, the more they stick together with the players that we've got in front, we'll score. We're going to score an awful lot of goals this season, Les. Sabozlai so coming in instead of Mason Mount. I think we've gone down the right path with that one, don't you, mate? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't overly convinced about Mount. I mean, I remember seeing him, I think, playing for Derby County when he was on loan, and he, he did look a good player there. Um, I wasn't entirely sure when he was at Chelsea, and then we, we got linked to the money that was being bandied about. And, and in fairness, I've not heard of this Sabozlai guy. Um, I knew he was a Hungarian international, and that was about it. But I think, I mean, the last, the first two games of the season, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but you, you I, I had him as my man of the match for two games. I've probably changed my opinion on this one, but up until, up until the 80th minute, <laughs> but he, you know, honestly, I mean, I know you'll ask us our man of the matches later, and I'll leave, I'll leave it till then. But it was, it was going to be Sabozlai again. I just think he's a fantastic player, and there was, you know. He's just going to get better and better, to be honest, in that team. You know, I believe he's got a hell of a shot on him. There's free kicks in his repertoire and and he can score from outside the box. But he just gives us some energy in the midfield. And I agree with, like, Tom, the way he dovetailed with uh, McAllister as well. And, I mean, you can look at it both ways. I suppose it was, luckily, we had someone on the pitch who, who could go, when Endo come off, McAllister could go back to that number six, although it's not his preferred position sort of thing. But yeah, I think Sabozlai certainly on these first three games of the season is has been the you know we've made the right decision there. I think we've we've done the right thing getting him rather than Mason Mount. My the work rate of Sabozlai is amazing, isn't it? I mean, he's like a he's got everything, hasn't he? He's like a Rolls Royce of a player, and he can run all day. He's big. He's covered, you know, we can play in a number of different positions. And I was only thinking before, you know, when you know, when we went down to 10 men and it was preparing to come on the podcast. And then when we were on here and we were chatting, 
I just thought before the you know, some of the midfields that we put out last season, you could have seen us losing this game about three or four nil. But because mm. we've got we've got legs now in midfield, even with you know, Endo was described as maybe a little bit one pace, but he knew his position for me. So the whole thing looks more fluid, looks more balanced, looks more settled, and they've got legs in there. So the whole thing look, looks loads more promising. It's interesting. I read a, I, don't, I can't remember whether it was actually a, an interview or I read something, but he was saying that when he come from Leipzig, was it Leipzig that he came from? He said he said that the manager of Leipzig kept on saying to him that he would make the best number six in the world. And he said, I just hope we don't keep having players sent off so I have to go and play there because I want to be a more attacking player. But he, he I, I got worried the first time, uh, it was at Bournemouth, where he had to drop in there. But he was very accomplished. And again today, he just, I mean, it, they, 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 they did it slightly differently today, didn't they? They went... Uh, Four four one with him playing wide right, um, but then he had to when Harvey came on, he had to step inside, and, and he's 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 potentially a magical player. He's potentially, I, I'm not going to kind of say Gerard level, but he he, he he he's potentially a person that can win games and change games like Gerard did. He's so skillful. I I'm I'm just so excited about. Seeing him and McAllister, yeah, Frank. I know you 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 do a lot of work, or you have done a lot of work in the past with the academy and looking at young players, etc., etc. Um, and I just wondered, and you know, Stefan Pachetic, he's now working himself back to fitness. We haven't actually seen him play any minutes so far this season, but it's certainly wet wetting my appetite to think what he might be like in a midfield with Sabozlai and McAllister. You've got the extra legs, whereas last year, you know, he was having to do the running for maybe a Fabinho. You know what yeah. I mean? So, are you looking forward to seeing Pachetic back? And how do you think he will fit in? With oh, without a doubt, players? definitely. Uh, when he was before he got injured last season, to me, he was my player of the season. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. I've watched him a lot at the Liverpool Academy. Um, what a player we've got in our hands. And if he's learning from the likes of Thiago and people like that, you know, he can only really get better. I'd like to see him. Uh, when's the League Cup? It's it's very coming up soon, isn't it? He might get a game in that to to um, allow him to start his season off. But no, definitely very impressed with the lad. Um, really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, Tom. Bashetic coming into that side, does it whet your appetite? Oh, definitely, Les. Yeah, definitely. And you just you just said, like Frank just said, there goes, well, I forgot all about him. Isn't it amazing? You know, like you, you're talking about two players who can you who can step up. And not just that, we know what I love about Bachetic. He, he he's got so much spatial awareness that he he turns quickly. And carries the ball and moves the ball fast, and I think, I think if he comes in and links up with with, with McAllister and with Sabozlai, I think, I think the, the, that's going to be a, a formidable midfield. That you know, it really is. But again, like you and what Frank was saying, the, the only danger is 
he's only a young boy, so we've got to be sensible with him and we've got to not drive him on. Something Mike was saying about Subozlai, I can see him becoming a Jared type player. He's got everything to his game. He's just he just oozes quality, doesn't he? He just epitomizes he's got so much time on the on the on on the ball. He's just he's so aware of who's who's around him. He knows when to you know when to pass, he knows when to go, he knows when to drop back. You don't have to be screaming at him. It's just his natural game. He's just he is just a quality, quality player. I think we're going to. I think do you know what, Les? If we're smart in this in this window, and get a centre back, and you know can tie up Andre in January, I, I tell you what, we're going to go. We're going to be pretty, pretty close us this season. Because remember, everyone saying when when we were getting when we had to start, he went, "Oh my God, we've got Chelsea away first, and then we've got you know Newcastle's the second away game, Tottenham's the third. We've got Aston Villa. You know the first six games are going to be how many points are we going to get?" And I remember saying to everybody, "You know, if we get off to a good start in in the first six six games, you look at the the, the second half of the season and it looks really good." And as as I say, I, I've seen even I've seen nothing up to now, even from Manchester City that that you've got to say. Uh, we, I think the, the the thing I worry about more than anything is, is the is the officials. Mm. I think whether we'll ever finish a match with eleven men, I, I, I don't I don't know, but I think they're the only thing that bother me for this season. But I think we need we need a centre back, Les. Yeah, Peter's just going to say there, you know, we've spoken about Bushetic and, you know, how it might be- benefit him from having likes of Bosley and McAllister. But, you know, Thiago, you know, one of the best technical players yeah. in the Premier League. You know, <clears throat> what do you, what you thinking? And are you look, really looking forward to him getting back, back to fitness and playing in that team? Because, again, that could be. That could be an exciting addition to the midfield as well, couldn't it, Pete? Yeah, definitely. And, and like in a perverse way, we seem, although we're still saying that we're probably going to sign another midfielder, I know they're being even more heavily linked with Gravenberg today and stuff like that. But there were times last season when we, we had an injury, like one one player injured midfield, and you, you looked on the bench and you thought, well, there's nothing there. And in effect, we've probably got six. We, we could have two threes. We could have a three on the pitch and three on the bench to come on. You know, we're going from like a paucity of players to probably a certain, not a surplus, but certainly we're going to be well provided for in the midfield. You know, so you know when he when he's fit, I think Thiago is probably technically he's right up there with the best. You know, best ever. He's just such a technically good player. Obviously, he's not going to outrun everyone. He's not got the pace, but you know the likes of Stefan and. And Harvey and people like that are only going to benefit from him if he mentors them. And you know, I I can see I can see it being a rosy future in the midfield department. Like Tom says, I think we are in need of another centre back. Um, although Joe came in today and had a good game, but you know Joe's prone to injuries as well, isn't he? As is uh, as is Matip as well as is Joel Matip. So yeah, I think we we need another centre back. But yeah, I'm I'm. I mean, today's just wetted me appetite even more. You know, as I say, we've gone from from zero to hero today, and I can't wait for the Villa game now coming up. Yeah, 
That's it. So just before just before they ask you for your for your man of the match, just to go down quickly with the with the transfer window um due to close on Friday at eleven PM. I'll I'll start with you, Mike, on this one. Do you think we'll bring any more in? If so, how many and in what positions? Don't have a clue, mate. I, I think I think we're pro if I if I'm guessing I think at best we'll bring one in, and I think he'll probably end up being a midfielder. But I, I don't—I really don't have a clue. I, I think anybody who thinks they do know is 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 struggling. He, 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 you know, we've got all these, I think, you know, Fabrizio Romano and all these lots saying, "Oh well." It, I mean, he gave an update today via Empire of the Cop, and, and and it was just the most. Well, we might do this, or we might do that, or nobody knows really. Jurgen said, Jurgen said we're um, we're going to keep looking, but I, I, I don't have a clue. We clearly got the money, and I think the question is, um, can we match finding the value with somebody that Jurgen wants to bring in? Okay, uh, you. Same question. Same question, yeah. Well, as you know, as I've worked in football club recruitment for the last 25 years, and anybody who sells you this is going to happen knows nothing. Our current club at Blackburn Rovers, I haven't got a clue who we're going to bring in. I didn't even know we'd signed the lad from Brighton today. <laughs> um, it's, it, recruitment is it's one of these things, it's, a, it's almost like a dark art there's lots of things put out there, usually by agents, trying to bump their price up. Um, I think we'll bring a centre-back in, if I'm, if I'm guessing, and that's all I'm doing, guessing. Um, Andre in, in January, yeah, if we could tie him up, that'd be good. Oh, just just a centre-back for me. Yeah. Tom, would you, would you like to see somebody like, say, a Paulinho come in, who could prop... Even though he's 28, he hasn't got many miles on the clock. And, you know, he could cover both centre-back and midfield. Do you think something like that might might sort of be a direction they're heading in now that he's back after his, his injury? I don't know. I don't know. He cost an awful lot of money, I think, for Lino Les. I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think the one that they've been talking about, the centre-back, that there's been loads of speculation about all, all week, is, you know, the, is it the lad from Portugal? There's in Cape, isn't there, who plays for Leverkusen? And there's yeah. also Arthur Thiet, who plays for Rons, I think. No, it's in, in, it's in Capo, isn't it? The, the one that he was that they've been talking about. I think I think it's just, I think of all the players, I think as the lads have said, I think centre back midfield wise, we we seem to have an awful lot in midfield now coming. I know Curtis has got to come back and you know, and and with Endo, we we when Thiago and, and Bajetic is fit, you've got Endo who can drop back as a centre back and cover for the centre back with Joel. It it's the likes of it's the likes of Canate and and Joel and Gomez. C- could you see the three of them staying fit for, the, for for more or less for the whole season? Yeah, that's that's, that's the issue, isn't it? That's the issue. So I think we've got to be looking. I cover for centre back. I think we've got we've got more than enough to to do all right up front. We've got more than enough to do in midfield. 
I think I'd like to see Andre come because I, I think there is legs in that because of of what what they've been talking about. I think he'd be a perfect signing for January, as Frank said. But like, I, I'm, I, I think we need a I think we need a centre back. I'd be really happy if we if we got a centre back and then and then brought somebody in in January, Andre in in January. I'd be over over the moon. But I think one will possibly come in. Pete, how about you? Do you think? Do you think we'll get anyone in? If so, how? And just asking your opinion here. Do you think we'll get anybody in? If so, how many? And if we could only have one, would you prefer a centre back or a midfielder, or would somebody like Polino be the ideal type of signing because he could do two positions? Yeah, I mean, I think Mike's right. There must be money there. If we were, if we were going in for 111 million, whatever it was for Caicedo, and we've only We've only spent what twenty million on end up. There's money there, but it's like Mike says: you don't just go and spend your money because you've got it in your pocket. You have to buy the right, the right equipment, don't you? Um, I think they've been linked with Pear Shores as well. You know the Dutch lad who's at Torino. Yeah. So that's another one who, that might have legs as well. Um, the Decorey stories are still getting bandied about for the midfield. I think if it's only going to be one, I would prefer a centre back because, as I say, I think with the midfield. You know, personnel that we've currently got. Um, I don't think we're too badly off. And then we could possibly I know last week I said you live for the now and you buy you buy now and the Corey was the one and then we went out and got this endo guy who might just be a stopgap in fairness because of his age. And that might just let Liverpool wait till January because they're not going to release him now because I think they're still in the copper libertadores, aren't they? So they're not yeah. going to release him now. Um so yeah, if it's only one, I would like a defender, a centre, a centre back, maybe Pierce Shaw's, maybe some, you know, a another. There's other names getting bandied about. Whether the Decorey one's got legs, the the the, the rumour is that Palace won seventy million, and whether Liverpool think he's worth that money, I don't know. But as I say, with Endo being thirty plus anyway, he could have been brought in just as a stopgap, and and he might see someone like a Decorey coming in. It would believe is keen to come up here as well. So I just don't like these last-minute things, Les. I mean, I just hope nothing happens with Salah. I think it's too late in the window now if it was to happen. Um, you know, where are we going to get a replacement from for Salah if, you, you know, there's four or five days left, isn't there? So yeah. I'm, hoping that, I'm hoping that doesn't come to fruition. And the only ones I could think of to replace him um, is the lad whose name I'm not even going to try and have a go at from Napoli. Although he plays on the left wing. Yeah. <laughs> we can't wait yeah. to hear you have a go at that one, Tom. <laughs> KK, K- his name is. Yeah, KK. Yeah. K- yeah. the, the, the other one who I sort of like when I see him playing for Munich is Kingsley Coleman as well. I think he's a good player, but that's all. What about Matoma from Brighton? Who, sorry? Mat- yeah. Matoma from Brighton. Oh, but, yeah. but, but talking, oh, we're talking about things that probably aren't going to happen. Hopefully, yeah, I, Mo will stay. Yeah. And it might happen in January or even next summer, but I think it's too late in the window. So, unless they come in with so, you know, that's stupid money. Um, but we need a re- we'd need the replacements, and you can't just do that in three or four days, you know. Yeah, I think we just have a... Sorry, Mike, go on. I was just saying, I think we just have a conversation with Mo now saying we'll support your leaving next mm-hmm. summer. Yeah, With one year contract left. We'll get slightly less. 
but you'll get a contract for effectively a year longer if you get a three-year next summer as opposed to you'll still get the same money. Um, and it's, it's like we did with Suarez and what sort of a season did Suarez have when we made him to stay for another year? Yeah, the yeah. absolute beauty of a season. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. For me, I would I would like to bring in Polini over. I've liked him since I've seen him make his debut for Fulham last season against us. I thought he was the difference. It made such a difference to their team and was by far the best midfield player on the field in that game. I think he's continued to impress for them. I know they might want something like maybe 70, 75 million for him. But I think if you could get him for four years and he could cover both positions, I think you've got a hell of a player on. Do I think we'll get him now because of his age? But I, I would prefer, if we could only bring one player in, I would prefer us to bring in a centre-back. But I also think the, the graven batch thing is bubbling under. And I can say, I can see that happening. And something you, the lads touched on before as well that, that he hadn't really thought of because I wasn't aware of it. You know, it could be that he wants a more multifunctional midfielder because if he brings someone in like a graven batch, then supposedly I could also play as a six as well. So that gives you that gives you more options as well. So we see what happens during the next five days when the before the transfer window slams shut, but it just hope Liverpool don't leave themselves short again because this after today's results, everybody is buzzing and you know, we're now looking forward to the season again. Whereas this time last year, we just lost our third game to Manchester United and we've got you know, we got what uh, two points out of nine. So now we've got seven. You know, the confidence in the team like can shoot forward. So another player or two coming in before the deadline could just be what the squad needs just to give them that extra bit of a boost. Anyway, before we finish, man of the match, so I'm just gonna go right across who I can see in my frame. So first of all, from you, Tom, man of the match. Man of the match, I, I'm going to give it to Nunes, although I thought Joe Gomez deserves a very, very weird, weirdy shout. I thought I would, uh, I'm, I'm going to give it to Nunes. Pete? Um, I I was going to go with Sabozlai again, like a broken record up until the 77th minute. And I remember watching Match of the Day once or, or a Sky game, and I think it was, it was Alan Smith, and he gave Man of the Match to someone who'd come on and scored the winning goal. And I said, you can't do that. He's only been on the first 10 minutes. But I'm going to go with Nunes because he, he took both goals brilliantly. And it was what we were just crying out for to release any bit of pressure Newcastle button on us. So I'd give it to, to, to Darwin Nunes, yeah. Frank? Yeah, it would be easy to give it to Nunes, but I'm going to stick with Joe Gomez. Thought he had a great game. Mike? Yeah, well, I, I, I played most of my footballing uh, life as a defender, so I'm a bit biased. Uh, I, I think it's... I also played in goals, so I think it... it as, as he said, easy to go with Nunes, but um, Alisson was superb, but I, I, I match Frank. I'm going to give it to Joe Gomez. I think he, he was just uh, calm, cool, collected when he came on. It's made a massive difference. Right. I've, I've got the casting vote. Um, I'm going to go with, with Tom and Pete and go with uh, Darwin Nunes, the two finishes were absolutely sublime. But up until up until he scored those two goals, it would have been Joe Gomez. As I said earlier, I thought that was the best game he'd had since prior to his his injury. And I just hope that's the sign of things to come for him. 
for the rest of this season because if it is, we've got we've got a brilliant young centre back back. He looked as though in pre season that he'd been doing a lot of work during the close season before um you know he come back to do the pre season. Maybe he'd had a personal trainer, but he certainly looked back to his best today. So for me, Joe Gomez, brilliant, but I have to give it to Darwin. Right, so that ends this edition of the late flag, the aftermatch show. Just a couple of things, as you always say, before I finish. To the Sunbed King, you got stuffed again. So just sit in your dugout and say nothing. And to his, uh, and to his boss, if you ever get sacked at Newcastle and they ever make do a remake of Fantasy Island, there'll always be a job for you there saying, Boss the plane, boss the plane. Right. And on that <laughs> note, I'll say, as you always do, don't buy the sun. Justice for the 97 and you'll never walk alone. Come on, you mighty Reds and on to Aston Villa. Until next time, see you soon. <laughs>